I don't want to talk about that. I'm more more issues to be talking about than that. The problem was still still that at the stack, but it got brighter and brighter nearly every day. Oh, never mind. Over for six months because this is our season. I think that's rough. Come up to the gutter to get where I am. I'm delighted to be here, but it's been earned. It's, that's a, for sure. it's a great honour. It's kind of surreal, really. The whole thing has okay, been. Okay, you've won them all, and that's pretty mental. What people in social media have done is disgusting. This is Sportsbeat Extra. On this week's show, I'm speaking with a new man in the hot seat at Waterford FC. But first up, I'm chatting with the chief editor of one of the largest football platforms in the country. I'm Sean Connolly, and you are very welcome to Sportsbeat Extra. Sportsbeat with John Kennedy Motors, Cashel Road, Clonmel. You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota. View our full range of cars at johnkennedymotors.ie. I'm joined by the chief editor of the brilliant publication Straighty News, Mr. Dale O'Donnell. Dale is a proud Tipperary man and uh, a very busy man, so it's fantastic to have him on board with me. Dale, you're very welcome to Sportsbeat Extra. How are you today? Sean, thanks for having me. Um, it's a pleasure to be on and talking about something we both love and being football. Absolutely, absolutely. And there's a lot to talk about in football. I want to touch on the FAI Cup. The famous cup obviously has its first round draw made. I think it's very hard to look past the meeting of Waterford and St. Pat's. Now, later in the show, I'm going to be speaking with Waterford's new manager, Danny Searle. Uh, it's going to be his first opportunity to taste FAI Cup action, and I'm sure he's going to be very, very enthusiastic about taking on the cup holders. Lovely draw, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's look at St. Pat's, but they haven't got off to the best start in the league, but a good run in the cup, that would be on their list of objectives after going all the way last season. And Waterford, you know, they'll be well aware of that. Oh, definitely, definitely. And it provides that sort of ideal in a league that is predominantly dominated by the powerhouse that is Shamrock Rovers at the moment for maybe a little bit of a cup upset here and there. The wonder of the cup, I suppose, leaders Shamrock Rovers have a little bit of a different sort of affair going non-league, traveling to Bangor Celtic. But that's what makes the joy of this so fantastic. It's the wonder of the cup, similar to what we have across the water with the FA Cup, when you can have those giant killing affairs. Now, Bangor Celtic will be relishing this, won't they? Yeah, look, it's a great choice. You kind of alluded to the magic of the Cup and the Krugman side, you know, they're getting the opportunity to host the most successful team in the competition. So it's, it's a great, it's a great game. It's a great choice, sorry. Ah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Hard luck past Rovers, but as I said, you got to look forward to those particular games. Wexford, difficult trip to the showgrounds to face Sligo, but... I think they've shown more than enough progression under manager Ian Ryan. Fantastic sort of momentum building and should make an entertaining game against a side that are incredibly strong in the Premier Division with Sligo. No, definitely. I think Sligo Rovers as well, they want to make amends for last season when they were not there with the Cup on the first day when they were not there against Cork City. So I think, you know, there's that, there's a lot of stories to these ties that we're talking about, a lot of narratives. So the draw itself um, intriguing and we're all looking forward to it. Definitely, definitely. One last touch upon it I will do is with Dundalk. I mean, Dundalk are certainly the form side in the Premier League at the moment, coming off the back of a fantastic victory against Rovers from a little over a week ago. They play host to Longford. Now, Longford themselves have ambitions of promotion to the top tier. Can't be forgotten about. That's one of those ties that could throw up a little bit of an unexpected result. Oh, absolutely. You know, Longford managed to get five points off Dundalk in four league games last season, so... Like you said, um, might not be in the same division, but this is one of the cup ties that kind of stands out that we could see potentially a shock. Definitely. The wonders of the cup. All of those ties taking place on the 31st of July. Very much looking forward to them. Now, I suppose, Dale, look, moving across the water, your daily bread and butter, Manchester United, have a new man at the helm. Eric Ten Hag is after assuming control. 
fans hopeful of a resurgence. How has it been felt on the ground? Yeah, look, there's going to be optimism with a new manager. There's new new beliefs and new ways of playing football. The fans are going to be excited about and hopefully they can get the players in to do that. But I think Manchester United fans will be will be cautiously optimistic um, because they, they, they will feel they've been here before um, for results not to pick up. So after such a disappointing season last time around, the hope is that it can't get any worse um, because I think the new manager has, has a lot of work to do um, and, I, and, and, I, and we just hope that he gets the backing that he deserves. Well, that's it, and he's a back, and there's been quite an exodus of the old calibre of player leaving the club. Not a whole lot of activity with players coming in thus far. No, it, it, it does seem quite in that front, but quite in the sense of, of income, and not quite in the media sense, where Manchester United get linked to, to every player in the planet, um, which it, it throws up some jokes along the way. But obviously there's names like Frankie de Jong, who the club are dealing with, um, I, w- I would be very surprised, Sean, if, if, if that deal is not included very soon um, because it, it, it feels like it's dragged out now. Um, and Eric Ted Hag knows he wants that player. I think Manchester United fans can feel that a very exciting player is coming to the club. So I think that will happen soon. There's other players turning to the mix, or current Ajax players, Anthony, uh, Lisandro Martinez, and, of course, Durian Timber. Now, like I said, there's so many names linked with Manchester United. There's someone that works in the media. You have to be cautious about these links, but um, it's just it's part and parcel, isn't it? It's the whole part of the circus for Manchester United. Well, I think that's it. That's probably the uh, the optimum word for it is circus. I always find transfer season for United is a uh, is is a very very funny one. It's that old adage of paper never refusing ink. And uh, clickbait is certainly very, very popular during that transfer season with Manchester United. When you're looking at the club at the moment, you're, you're looking, obviously, is what we touched upon with Eric Ten Hag coming to the club. An exodus of players leaving, daily linkage with so many footballers. And then you get this chance meeting with a board member and a group of disgruntled fans. What did you make of that? It was rare. It was interesting because usually football fans will tell you about all clubs and not just Manchester United that to get within inches of, of, of someone in that position uh, someone on the board someone a higher member of the hierarchy it's very rare um, I, I think Richard Arnold deserves credit for, for meeting with fans I think he was forced into it but this also shows how bad things have, have got up at Manchester United down the years yeah, there's a lot of um, fractions Within the fan base, there's a lot of unhappiness the way the club has been run since the takeover in 2005. The players of family are not popular. And it's only a matter of time before these things kind of escalate. Because if results aren't picking up on the pitch, those fans are only going to get more angry. And we've seen that last season. So I think the, the football club itself has a job on its hands to... A rebuilding process, not just on the pitch, but in terms of the relationship with the fans, as you can see, it's not in a good place. But um, it doesn't help that United had such a bad season on the pitch last season. I think that has definitely kind of intensified anger amongst support. Now, from someone like yourself, who is a regular on channels such as Sky Sports or True Across the BBC, you know, you're you're heavily involved in what's going on in the inner runnings of the club, but also... You get a lot of interaction with fans and supporters that share their own opinions with you. 
when you take into consideration what's going on at this moment in time, do you feel that there is a growing sense of optimism with regards to the new manager coming in and those names being linked with the club? Or is it compounding further misery from what was an abject season on the pitch and off the pitch last year? I believe when you look at the incoming manager, Eric Ten Hag, there is a lot of optimism, a lot of excitement because fans have seen the job that he did at Ajax. Now, to, to fully respect that job in which he did, yeah, they got to the Champions League semi-finals and that team that he built was completely stripped. Um, a lot of the big teams in Europe came in and took those players, but that didn't stop Ten Hag from building again. And now his most recent Ajax side have won consecutive Eredivisie titles. So with his arrival, there's belief that this manager who has worked on a small budget before, who has done so and played extremely attractive football, the kind of football that Manchester United fans look on at, like their rivals, Man City and Liverpool, and kind of look on in, in awe and, and, and wonder, can our players play like that? But Eric Ten Hag was right. I think Manchester United fans are excited about that. He's a manager that, if you don't buy into his philosophies and ways, there's no place for you. And that's going to be an interesting encounter with certain players who have been, we've seen leaks, we've seen unhappiness in reports. But ultimately, Ten Hag is going to come in and bring this sense of change, hopefully, and that has fans excited, no matter what's going on behind the, behind the scenes. If fans are unhappy about transfers or whatever, I think there's a belief, and there always has been, Sean, with United fans, um, you go to Old Trafford and, and you go to games and you look at managers in the past that have struggled, very rarely have they turned on managers. Very rarely Van Gaal, Jose Mourinho, Solskjaer, all back until the end uh, in terms of the Old Trafford faithful. Um, so, so the fans, they will back the manager and I think there's excitement around them. I suppose as is always the case with Manchester United, there's never a quiet day really and truly. There's more talk off the field, but potentially a lot of stuff for the fans to get excited about. Dale, I know you're extremely busy, so I'm not going to take any more of your time. It's an absolute privilege to have you on and talking to you. We'll look to maybe touch base again in a couple of months. Obviously, let the uh, the summer transfer window take its course, pre-season get underway. Maybe we might be talking about something different the next time. Thanks again, John. Thank you. Sports Beat with John Kennedy Motors, Cashel Road, Clonmel. You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota. View our full range of cars at johnkennedymotors.ie. I'm very pleased to welcome Waterford FC's new manager, Mr. Danny Searle, to the show. How are you doing today, Danny? You doing well? Yeah, I'm very well, Sean. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. So I suppose, look, firstly, congratulations on the new position and welcome to Waterford. Thank you very much. It's, it's been, um, it was a bit of a whirlwind weekend, the weekend before I came out, but... Um, yeah, no, everyone's been amazing. The clubs, everyone at the club's been fantastic. The local community's been brilliant. So, um, yeah, glad to be on board and looking forward to uh, to the future of the club. Excellent. Now, there's much football to focus on, but before we enter into those discussions, I have to ask about your take on the article that was released on Thursday, which stated that the club was up for sale. Obviously, Richard Forrest was very quick to state that it was simply a commercial assessment on the valuation of the club and not an actual statement of intent. How did you feel about the nature of that report coming to fruition? Um, look, listen, Sean, I've been in football a long time and sometimes these things have substance. Sometimes you just have to take them with a pinch of salt. From a manager's perspective, at the end of the day, if Richard had something that he needed to tell me, he'd tell me himself. So I'm not going to say that 
it wasn't brought to my attention because it obviously was several people brought it to my attention but and until I kind of had anything factual from Richard I wasn't really going to give it any any justice to be fair and I've spoken to him since and from my perspective he's made it clear what his thoughts are on it and as you see in the statement I think that's it is what it is and we, we just move on because the most important thing from my perspective is the pitch and the players. Football is football and something such as a sale of a football club has obviously going to come through massively, particularly in the local area and the region that takes to this football club so well. Was focus matters on the football pitch as opposed to anything else. Before we actually enter into the new role, I'd like to spend a little bit of time on you first. How did your journey lead you to Waterford FC? Playing was probably not going to be my, my vocation. It was going to be coaching and, and, and one-day management. I've always wanted to be a manager, so I've kind of ironed my stripes. As, as, as people have already probably seen in the press, working at, at uh, Chelsea, Charlton and West Ham. And then I made the decision that I wanted to go into management and that's what I pursued. And that's when I left and joined Braintree as an assistant capacity, um, then become the, 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 the manager of that club. And in that, that process, I earned my pro licence and then moved on fortunate with, with the quality that we managed to put on show at the end of my tenure at a brain tree, I've got the opportunity all the shot and and yeah and it's it's kind of it's stood me in good stead I also qualified with my LMA diploma in in, in football management during that period too so it's been a it's been a good long journey from my perspective I think I've done my I've done my hours as they say um and when the opportunity came up to to take over Waterford because I know what a, what a massive club it is in Ireland it was one that I definitely couldn't turn down. And and obviously, as you touched on there, you've got an extremely extensive background in dealing with youth players, obviously with your time with Charlton, Chelsea, West Ham. You must be delighted with the array of exciting talent that's at your disposal now with the club. Some amazing t- players there coming through and some fantastic array of youth, particularly given their first-team debuts over the last couple of months. Well, I think that when, when you look at opportunities from a management perspective, you have to, you have to weigh up quite a few things. And... Um, with all due respect to both Brantry and Aldershot, I inherited different environments there. I inherited environments where actually the club was, was on its knees a little bit and we we had to go in there and, and build it up again and add some stability to it. And recruitment was a massive part of that. To, to take over a club that's aspirations are just promotion. That's what it is. There's no, there's no other full process other than getting back into the Premier League and inherit the array of talent they have is obviously a manager's dream, to be honest. And the fact that the squad is a very, very young squad, maybe a bit too young in some areas. We, we, we have some naivety and it would be great to get a little bit more experience in there. But they're also a bit of a blank canvas and they, they're, they're hungry to learn. And one of my biggest skill sets is developing developing players and they are, they are thriving on that at the minute. And I, I couldn't be happy with the start that we've made. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. And obviously, it's more than players you're inheriting because obviously Gary and David were doing a, a tremendous job prior to you coming on board. And both of those guys, obviously I know them and they're, they're extreme advocates for the progression of youth as well. So it's like minds coming together to be able to take players such as Phoenix and Co. to the next level. So it's, it must be wonderful to see because it's great to see from the outside. And um, I'm sure Gary and David have hit the ground running with you as well. They have. Yeah, they, they've been... Superb, and and I've had group conversations with all the staff and individual conversations with the staff because obviously it was an unusual circumstance. Normally, when a new manager comes in, the club's in turmoil and and they need picking up. And I obviously was fortunate enough to join 
on the on a run that they're on with like six unbeaten and or six wins in a row, and there could have been some tension, but they they've been outstanding since I've been there. They bought into what I bring to the club. I bought into what they've already put into the club, and so far so good from a working relationship perspective. They've been they've been super superb. So of all the staff, the, the goalkeeping coach, Derek from the medical department, uh, Richie and Mike, the kit men, Jamie and and, and Joey from a from a um, strength and conditioning perspective, and, and Shane from an analytical perspective. They they've been absolutely spot on since I've been there. So there's no complaints from me there. That's great. It all sounds very good. So obviously, as you touched upon, football club with massive expectation of Premier League status and beyond. Now, last night's result, fantastic in your first game in charge. So congratulations with that as well. And Thank you. Um, it's easy now, seven points off second place with a game in hand. Now, obviously, there's plenty of head-to-head to be played there with Galway and Cork as well. But you must have been delighted with last night's result first and foremost, were you? Yeah, I think the, the the result was always going to be the first and foremost, as you just said. Um, I wanted a clean sheet, and as I, as I mentioned to the media last night, the, my favourite things in football are, are wins and clean sheets. We 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 should have made the the game a little bit easier for ourselves. If I'm honest, we had plenty of chances. We dominated the game, and um, Braden never actually had a shot on target. And I think when you're in a game like that, you do start to worry towards the end when you haven't taken your chances, thinking. I, I can just see them getting a set piece and nicking an equaliser and all of that work we've done. Um, but no, credit to the boys. We, we, we've done a lot on shape out of possession and they, they held firm. And as I said, I think that anyone who was at the game last night would have probably expected us to have scored four or five with the amount of chances and um, possession that we had. It's just one of those games, isn't it? Football is a funny one like that sometimes. And uh, I was going to actually say it to you that you get into a position where you have chance after chance after chance and sometimes you just don't get your rewards. So I could feel the relief when, when, when the goal went in last night. I, I could only imagine the relief that you were feeling. And obviously, that's now seven on the bounce. I mean, momentum is one of the biggest things on a football pitch. To win seven on the bounce, with respect, I'll always pay every club the respect that they're due. But a chance now to, to, to travel to struggling at alone on Monday, every opportunity of eight in a row before an absolutely huge trip to Galway on the 1st of July. I mean, I actually highlighted Athlone as one of the tough ones because they're, they're under no pressure. The players, the players there are playing with with a freedom because they are where they are. And as you'll know, with with, with your experience of covering the league, they're, they're sometimes the most dangerous teams because the expectation is a comfortable Waterford win, but it never works like that in football. So we'll we'll give them every respect that we'd give anyone else in the league and. Our, our work and our preparations will be no different than, than if we were playing um, Korkura top because they've got some very talented talented young players and if you give them an opportunity, they've proven this year that they can score goals um, and we've got to make sure that we're, we're at our best and I think if we can keep that mentality, then it, it stands us in very good uh, stand, well, stands in good stead. The dressing room must be at an all-time high. I know obviously you're, you're new to the dressing room with the guys, but to be on such a run and to be the League of Ireland's most informed team, I mean, it can be nothing but positive for what you said is possibly a slightly naive group because of the age. Momentum is huge in this situation and it certainly is, from the outside looking in, it's, it's wonderful watching it and it's, it's really, really setting up for a fantastic game on Monday and then leading into what is going to be a, a blockbuster on the 1st of July. Now, when we move on from the league, obviously somewhat coinciding with your arrival, the FAI Cup saw its first its first round draw. 
Now, you've obviously come up against the, the holders in St. Pat's Athletic. It's going to be your first taste of FAI Cup action on the 31st of July. How are you feeling about it? Are you happy with the draw? Yeah, I, uh, I, we, we joked as a staff because I said to them, I said, by the way, um, don't expect a nice, easy first round for, from our perspective. Yeah, yeah. Um, because my my history, unfortunately, in cup competitions is I generally always draw the hardest possible team we could possibly get. And we, 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 we lived up to that expectation, to be fair, because as you said, um, they're the holders and I think they're currently sitting fourth in the table um, with, with aspirations of Europe themselves. So it'll be a tough test. But one thing that I, I can guarantee everyone is we're not going there feeling sorry for ourselves. We're going there to win the game. So if if St. Pat's think that they've got they've got an easier tie because they're playing a team from the division below, it's our jobs to make sure we go there and give them give them a real good run for their money. Oh, definitely, definitely. Like I provided coverage, obviously, with the draw, and I couldn't look past it. It is definitely the tide around, and I think it's going to be an absolute blockbuster. Certainly set the fans, the pulses racing, and a nice trip uh, to the capital as well. I won't keep it too much longer because I know you're busy, but finally, just for the listeners here, what message do you have for the proud Waterford supporters? I think one is keep up the great work because I think there was just under a 1,000 there last night and you would have thought there was about 3,000 there, the noise they were making. Um, we, we want them back in the stadium. We want the stadium rocking. We want it full. We will do everything we possibly can to, to, to make that justified on the pitch. And if they keep backing us, I'm, I'm confident that we can get success together and we can enjoy those days and, and everyone gets what they want, which is Waterford back in the Premier League. Here, here. Perfect. It's been a pleasure speaking with you, Danny. Thanks ever so much. Enjoy the weekend and the very best of luck on Monday to you. Cheers, Sean. Thank you for your time. Take care. My pleasure. Sports Beat with John Kennedy Motors, Cashel Road, Clonmel. You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota. View our full range of cars at johnkennedymotors.ie. That's it for this week's show. If you've got something you want to talk about or if you want to share something about your club or society, drop me an email at sport at beat102103.com and I'll get back to you. Dean's up next with Beat Anthems.